You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Good morning and welcome to America's Web Radio. We're glad to have you listening in. And this is going to be another excellent David's pick. And um, just been sitting here talking to our guests. And uh, it's going to be another situation of talking about what a community, what a city is doing to honor their veterans. And uh, we're very fortunate to, to have... Uh, our guest on Brian Johnson today, and he's the city manager of Peachtree Corners, a city outside of Atlanta that has done something exceptional for remembering veterans. But before we get started, we're going to do what we have started a tradition of doing, and that's um, just taking a moment of time to remember all of our veterans and those that came before that have sacrificed and given the ultimate and also the veterans that are alive today and the ones that uh, are serving in active duty as a, as i mentioned to brian i have a son that's a major in the air force and i'm quite quite proud of him and he's doing a wonderful job for his country and that's uh so, with that being said, we're going to take a moment, and all we ask is that uh, you just think of the uh, folks that have served and are serving. We also do one other thing, and and as I don't know how much you ran on in the Navy, but when you went to the infantry, I'm sure you got to do some force marches. And I know when I was on active duty that uh, going through basic and AIT that, uh, you know, that last half a mile of that force run and that area that had been pounded into dust – Every now and then, that, that your your platoon sergeant or your or your platoon leader would start up a Jody, and uh, I love our Jodies. Okay, so we've, we've done our Jody's, and we uh, appreciate that, and uh, we forgot to turn off the queue. But anyway, we lived through that, and um, Brian, welcome to America's Web Radio. Thanks for having me. And uh, look forward to hearing more about what you're doing, more what, well, first off, what you did do, and you were in uh, the Gulf War in Iraq. And uh, so you started out in the Navy and realized that the Navy was just a bunch of guys playing with boats and decided to join the, the real, the real uh, guys, the infantry? 
Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go so far as to, you know, say we need to pick one or the other. They both <laughs> uh, certainly serve their purpose. But yes, I did start um, in uh, my military career in the Navy. I enlisted in the Navy. Um, was in the um, the cryptology branch of the Navy, um, specifically electronics intelligence. And uh, spent um, four years there, and then near the end of my enlistment, at the time there was a shortage of officers in the Army, and like um, happens cyclically, but there will be times where a branch will be short of officers, and what they'll do is they'll create a temporary program in which they will basically... um, Attract or attempt to attract the some of the enlisted ranks of the other branches to come in and get commissioned. And the thought is, is that if you're already in the military, you already you know have gone through basic and you know learn military ethos and the culture. That you know if you can teach somebody to chew with their mouth closed and use utensils, you can make them into <laughs> an officer. And so the army he created a program called um, Blue to Green, and it was a you know commissioning program and I applied and got accepted and um, had to go back through ROTC and then did th- uh, did so through the University of Georgia and then got commissioned as an infantry officer and then uh, spent uh, another uh, five plus years active duty in, uh, in the infantry uh, of the Army and then uh, resigned my commission at the end of that and, um, and here I am. And here you are and uh, thank you for your service and uh what do you do during the Army-Navy football game? You know, that's a great question I'm oftentimes asked. And, <laughs> you know, I mean, you flip a coin. I mean, I like to see a great game, and, you know, I could go either way. Um, you know, the, both of the you know teams are actually, you know, members of both service academies. So um, there's always a, some friendly rivalry even within the officer corps between – Officers who are commissioned through a service academy, through ROTC, or through OCS. So there's, you know, as you, as you well remember, there are you can basically break down rivalries into the smallest unit you can possibly do. There's rivalries amongst squads of a platoon, amongst right. you know, amongst branches of the military, amongst you know, nations, between ships, you know, between divisions on the same ship. I mean, it, you, if you want, you can find some rivalry somewhere. We know that. You know, uh, Brian. I think one thing that uh, I I have flashbacks of, and and not seriously, but uh, you know, I'll think about when I was in or something, and and I don't know of anybody that's gone through basic or AIT or whatever that hasn't popped his head up or her head up and said, "Why in the hell are we doing this?" You know, and now you know, fifty years later. I realize why they did it, and you know, you it all of a sudden it comes to you. Well, I, yeah, okay, that makes sense. It didn't make sense fifty years ago, but it makes sense today. And I think our military is one of the best organizations. Any branch is the best organization for um, any young person to go through. And I, we uh, oftentimes or every every week we suggest that if someone's graduating from high school or from college and they don't know exactly what they want to do but they have an interest in something there's there's a branch of the military that can fulfill their dreams and give them uh, 
you know, uh, an education, and there's nothing that looks better on a person's resume than to say, you know, I was in the service, and I've got my honorable discharge, and so forth and so on, because the HR person knows that they can depend on that person. The military is certainly, if, and I would also join you in saying the best organization to teach somebody both how to be a leader, but maybe is as importantly as how to be a good follower. And, you know, we all have to do both wherever we're at. At some points, we are leading some, you know, some effort, some project, some group of people, and you've got to learn how to do that right and well. But you also have to learn how to be a good follower and, you know, and support another leader because we all have bosses. And I think it teaches both on how to be, you know, a part of something bigger than yourself. And maybe the most important thing it did to me is it taught me the discipline I need to be able to, and and self-control, to be able to deny myself things that I would rather be doing and instead work on things that I did not. I mean, you know, I've got kids in, in middle school right now, and, you know, one of the things that's difficult for them to you know, do and it's and, and I and I strive to teach is for them to be able to say, look, I really should be studying something, but instead I would rather be something that's entertain do something that's entertaining. And to be able to say, no, I'm not going to do that thing I want. Instead I'm going to do the thing I need to do. And to have that discipline by yourself without a parent being over you is once somebody does that and they can work hard, really the sky is the limit. And the military does such a good job of instilling that in someone so that, you know, later on, I just, it was never as hard. I actually went back to grad school. I remember uh, after, you know, my stint in the military, and um, I remember how easy it was compared to what I remember undergrad to be because all of a sudden I was merely just denying myself, you know, things instead of, you know, going to a movie or watching this or going out for some drinks. I was studying, and all of a sudden I was like, and this is pretty easy because military taught me how to do that. So yes, I mean I I am the you know the man I am now, you know by and large because of the military. Certainly other aspects, family and other stuff, but wouldn't trade one second of it. Um, even the times where I was cold, tired, miserable, people shooting at me, I wouldn't trade a second of it. And again, thank you for your service, and thank you for your service in uh, the Gulf War and the, the Middle East. Um, I, I do, and, and particularly because of you're the city manager of Peachtree Corners, but part of your responsibility is the Peachtree Corners uh, memorial that you all have That that is great. And, um, you know, I'm sure when you're out there and are... I don't know what other organizations you may belong to, but I do always ask one hardball question. And, you know, if you need time to think about it, well, I'll I'll give you time to think about it. But that hardball question is, when you're with a group of your peers, other veterans, can you name one veteran that can tell one story only? Not at all. I don't need to hit any. Not at all. 
you you got six veterans at a table, and you got about 120 different stories that are about to be released. And uh, but that's great. And this is something that we also stress. And uh, is that, in our opinion, today our veterans are our history books and every veteran that's listening and listens to any of our shows will they should take their kids or their grandkids or whatever the case might be and tell them about their time in the service it doesn't have to be gory details or anything like that it couldn't just be well i made this buddy in ait or i got to be friends with so on or whatever you know but a story about what they did and what it was like and and the homecoming and how it was to be separated from your family and so forth but we it's a shame but our history books are lacking in in stories of veterans and that's that's why we do this show why we have a show called a veteran story and and many other shows that are uh, that we're addressing veterans to please tell their kids and grandkids because you are the history books you know, military service is a very unique experience that, you know, not very many people can, um, can you know, empathize with. But because of this one fact, it does make it unique. And that is, you know, those who volunteer, and it's a volunteer, you know, organization, but they're, when they volunteer, they're essentially giving Uncle Sam a blank check. And that blank check could be, you know, Uncle Sam may ultimately have to, you know, write the ultimate sacrifice on that check. But for somebody to do that does take a special kind because it's not like, you know, most of the stuff in the military, most people can do. There is a few things, you know, that not everybody can do, meaning that not everybody has the ability to do it. Uh, You know, a lot of it tends to be physical, um, you know, physical ability. But... Um, what really separates, and even within the infantry, infantry is hard, but a lot of people could do it. What really separates that is the fact that those people who are in it voluntarily, subject, voluntarily subjected themselves to doing something that others decided not to do. It's not that they couldn't, but other people are like, no, I don't want to do that. And um, it's hard living, but there are people out there who said, nope, I'll step up. I'll be the one to, you know, hold the line, to walk the post, you know, to protect, um, you know, our freedoms. And doing so does create unique experiences and stories. And, yes, those stories should be passed down, if not for no other reason, to inspire our next generation of the importance of service. And the importance of our country and our flag. You know, I've I've, uh, never had any experience, and I hope I never do, but I've thought often as we have a flag behind you, a flag on, a folded flag on our desk, and I, I don't know... At least if it's in Peachtree Corners, I got somebody now that I can call. But if I if I came up on somebody destroying our flag, I don't know what I do. It, it's sacred, and we actually have two locations in which you know we have very formal, um, you know, uh, caretaking of the flag. One is at City Hall in front of City Hall. We have a flag plaza. And then at our Veterans Monument, um, which is, you know, a couple miles up the road at our uh, town center, and it has a flag plaza. And both of them 
have a flag, you know, lighted flag plaza that has, you know, individuals responsible for ensuring the flag, all the flags, but, you know, specifically the U.S. flag is in good condition. If it's supposed to be at half staff to go out there and, and do that and to take care of it properly. And when the flag is not in good condition, it is lowered properly replaced properly and then we have a boy scout troop a local boy scout troop that actually has a ceremony that destroys the flag per u.s code as to how to do it and so it is you know a lot of people have looked at that that design on that piece of you know cloth and again paid the ultimate sacrifice and been subjected to some stuff and so it is a sacred thing it's but it's a great rallying symbol for us to to rally around you know i'm I think I'm much older than you are, but um, even at my age, I still get chill bumps. And when an honor guard passes, I to me that's one of the greatest examples of love of a country that you can have. And uh, I get goosebumps, chill bumps, whatever you want to call them. But I uh, I can't get away. Same from here, it, you know. It's just uh, something that's so unique, and like you said, our, our, uh, in my opinion, I was in both ends of the stick, so to speak. Uh, I was, I was the end of the draft. I was the start of the lottery, and the end, or what started out as the end of, of uh, that started the volunteer army, and and in my company. I had all three, and uh, I volunteered, and and uh, but we had draftees, we had those that had been uh, they had been gotten by the lottery, and uh, and then we had volunteers, and uh, I uh, I don't know. There's something about a volunteer, and I love the volunteer military. I think it's one of the best things that ever happened. You know, you know where the person's head is when they come in. There's always certainly, unfortunately, examples of those who don't necessarily maintain the standard that the military should. But by and large, when it is a volunteer army, you get a much better cut of individual um, than if there's conscription, just because, you know, if nothing else, the attitude. I mean, if you have a good attitude and you at least initially want something, you are more apt to try harder, endure, you know, more discomfort or even pain to achieve that than if it's imposed on you. And so attitude, you know, is uh, is a a huge difference in, in changing. I've been through a lot of schools and seen... People, you know, whether it's jump school, you know, ranger school, you know, pathfinder school, the schools that have high attrition rates. And it's usually not the physical ability of the individual that separates those who graduate and don't. It's usually the mental attitude and the ability to just fight through the discomfort, pain and just keep going and never say quit. Um, I've seen physical specimens that I look at, and I'm like, wow. I mean, that that's just – and they ultimately can't hack it. And I've seen guys that are, you know, somewhat diminutive, you know, guys that you would be like, oh, there's no way they can do it. And they're just like a raw piece of leather. You just can't tear it apart. They're just – I mean, they're just as tough as – as we call as tough as woodpecker lips. And you can't uh, – <laughs> 
you know you can't break them and so it's it's you know it's a more of a mental thing oftentimes than anything and um, se- separates the men from the boys as they say you know and this is uh it also separates a winning attitude from somebody that's uh, you know a uh, our enemy or potential enemy they'll never have that let me let's talk about peachtree corners for a minute talk about the memorial and uh, as a business uh, as a city manager what all does that entail as well well i guess i'll start with the last one first i mean so you know the city of peachtree corners you know like you said we're north atlanta suburb about fifty thousand people um, north of 285 um, in Gwinnett County, largest city in Gwinnett. Um, we're only about not, uh, eight and a half years old, almost nine years old. We were created um, 2012. And we operate our city, um, the best way to describe it is very similar to a, a corporation in that the governing body is a board of directors. In our case, it's called a city council. The board of directors is led by the mayor. He's the chairman of that board as the mayor. And that board of directors hires a CEO to run the organization for them. And in this case, as a city, it's the city manager. So my board of directors hired me, and I work for all seven of them equally. And, you know, um, technically I am, you know, four or more votes away from being fired at any time. I've got to, you know, because I, but I work for them and I advise them when they're considering policies and I execute the policies that they vote on and operate the city on their behalf, um, you know, providing all the services a typical city does. So my job, you know, is to, to run the city. And in the case of the Veterans Monument, um, some of this, I'm the second city manager the city's ever had. And I only say that to say that the monument um, effort started before I got to the city. It was started um, both by some conversations between some residents of the city and specifically two members of city council, Mayor Mike Mason and Councilman Alex Wright, both who were veterans and the conversation about doing something to honor the veterans. And over the course of a number of years, there was a veterans um, nonprofit, veterans uh, monument nonprofit that was created. There was a fundraising campaign. And the funds were raised to create a monument, and it was done so at the city's town center that the city was constructing at the time. And when property was carved out along our town green to construct this monument, and the monument is a phenomenal um, project. Um, There are statues representing some. Um, you know, a certain member of each branch of the military. There's a brick paver plaza for people to uh, purchase a brick paver to honor um, a veteran of some sort. And it's got a big plaza of places to sit. And then we've got a digital kiosk. And so what we've done is we had the city had a company come in and record um, short two to three minute interviews of people who purchased the brick paver and allowed either that person who was, you know, name was on the brick paver or family to talk about one who maybe have passed away already. 
they we they get interviewed and or were interviewed and then that interview is captured and it's hosted on a web platform and you can go over there and with your phone and a QR code you can actually pull up a name of somebody who's honored there and then you can either hear in their own words the interview or a family member could talk about their service so it brings to life much more than just a name on a brick paver which is is cool in and of itself but in this case you actually get to hear a little bit about that particular veteran that's being honored at the and so we feel you know we we think that's a pretty cool feature of the veterans monument is to have that living aspect of it and you can watch it right there you could go to the website you don't even have to be there you can go to the website and watch all of them or you can while you're out on site pull up somebody right there and you could be staring at their brick paver and then watching an interview about them or by them and their service so that's what we've done it's at our you know town green and so there's a lot of entertainment around there too but it is certainly a destination location in and of itself for those who want to maybe spend a few minutes thinking about that those who've served and, and honoring their service you know this is uh, as we were talking before the show this is something that Hopefully, America's Web Radio is doing, and and we're not a local station. We're heard all over the world, and and a lot of um, folks from coast to coast. And we have a, a great audience in Australia and uh, in the UK as well. But if you're traveling, well, first off, let me beat on on locals. If you live in Atlanta, in the Atlanta area, and you haven't been to Peachtree Corners, or I'm going to play a spot in a minute for the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame, and uh, Rick Quiet, who's the director, and also uh, Johns Creek, that has the, the wall that heals. It's the replica of the Vietnam Veterans Wall in Washington, D.C., and, and this is the one that traveled all over the United States, and Johns Creek bought it and has given it a permanent home in Newtown Park. And so, if you haven't been, if you live in Atlanta or around Atlanta and haven't been to these different locations, you deserve it. You, you deserve to take your kids to it or your grandkids to these locations make day trips out of it and it'll be worth every minute that you spend there and just like brian was saying uh, as far as peachtree corners is concerned not only can you make a day trip out of it you there are great restaurants all around that you can eat at and just just be with your family and do something for your family and the veterans that have kept us free and learn about them. And Memorial Day coming up is a great day to decide to maybe do that, where you can go to each, you know, and in the Johns Creek case, I mean, theirs is, you know, about, you know, inside of 10 miles away from ours, so you could actually go see both and experience some of the amenities. Newtown Park has, you know, kind of city park amenities to it. Our town center has some of those and restaurants and other. So you can make a day of it, you know, or a half day of it. But, yes, I mean, we have a great opportunity to do it here in a couple of weeks. Oh, yeah, no question about it. And uh, we certainly encourage you to. And if you're traveling from another country and coming to the Atlanta area, uh, it's worth your while to do it as well. And uh, 
or if you're just traveling from California, they ain't got nothing like what we got. Well, you don't even have to, you know, you actually don't even have to, if you can't physically go there, again, our monument has a website. Mm -hmm. If you do Peachtree Corners Veterans Monument, you can pull up the website, and then you can watch the interviews of the, you know, a lot of the people who are honored um, in the Brick Paver Plaza there. So you can actually experience it from anywhere. You know, this is one thing that I find very interesting, and I always, whatever show we happen to be doing or happen to be doing or involved in, but the things that that I learn from each one of the shows, and, you know, it's, um, like I said about Rick White and the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame, and, you know, Georgia, Peachtree Corners, Johns Creek, and certainly downtown Atlanta with the Hall of Fame have been leaders and other states now are beginning to copy us and asking advice and I'm sure you get calls all the time how do you do it? What do we do? How do we raise the money? And uh, you know this is it, it. I have I'm a Texan and always will be a Texan but I have pride in Georgia that we've been the leaders cities like Peachtree Corners and Johns Creek and so forth that have taken it on yourselves and we have we must have some of the most wonderful veterans living near Peachtree Corners or or from all over the state we do and you know we are convinced that the success of our effort and the attractiveness of our monument is due to really what's a public private partnership between the private citizens that form the group to fundraise to get to generate buzz energy interest in it to go out and shake the trees of all the veterans that sometimes are hidden, that you don't realize you've got gyms right in your backyard of people who served in really interesting places or in during really interesting times in our history. And, you know, and it doesn't even necessarily have to be, you know, during combat. I mean, there are some certainly some places and experiences we've had in our history that don't result in bullets flying. And, you know, but to shake the trees and get all of that going to where you you got people making contributions, you're doing fundraising. But then the public side of it is once that happens, sometimes these efforts fail at the end because there's really not a long term solution to how is it going to be maintained once you construct it? Where are you going to find property to put it? You know. Who's going to maintain web platforms and, you know, so on and so forth, organize events. And sometimes the local resident volunteers, they come and go. And unfortunately, in the cycle of life, they pass away. And you got to have some, you know, plan on how to maintain it, which is where we think, in our case, the public part comes and, you know, led by Mayor Mason and Councilman Wright, you know, and then the rest of the city council being very supportive of it. The city is involved in making sure that it stays, you know, a great facility. It's maintained properly. We can continue to add brick pavers, more interviews, web hosting, all the things that you need to have an organization be there to do. The city's there to do because we know the city will always exist. 
And so when you make it a part of our you know, yearly operations and you put money in the budget to ensure that it stays at a high level, that public-private partnership is what we feel is how this this effort will be has been a success and will continue to be a success so if there's anybody considering it i would be you know highly encourage you to come up with that that partnership between the local volunteers and the fabric of the community and a public entity that can make sure that it once that effort is done that whatever product they've produced it it's it maintains at a high level brian we're going to take out a minute to uh Here are a couple of announcements, and we'll be back with Brian right after this. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Rocky Blair, former four-time Super Bowl champion with the Pittsburgh Steelers and Vietnam veteran. As a board member, I'd like to talk to you about Warriors to Citizen, a nonprofit organization that helps American heroes, soldiers, police, fire, EMT, and their families recover from the psychological harm caused by career-induced stress. Over the last 20 years, broken relationships have been a major causal factor for the highest document divorce rate and resulting suicides in this population. This program, from Warriors to Citizen, is delivered free to families by professionals, all whom served in uniform and understand the needs to be addressed. I ask for your support. So please, go to our website, warriorstocitizen.org, and find out how you can help, either by making a donation or sharing this information with an American hero that you may know. And thank you. Hello, my name is Rick White, and I'm the director of the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. I want to encourage all Georgia veterans to consider being nominated to the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. And if you are a Georgia veteran, then the definition of a Georgia veteran is either you were born in the state of Georgia, or you've lived here 10 years, or you were raised your right hand and joined the military in this state, you are considered a Georgia veteran. For further information, go to www.gmbhof.org, or you can contact me at 678-427-0915. We'd love to have your nomination for the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. Thank you so much. This is America's Web Radio. Would you like to have a show, talk about your business, or express your opinion on America's Web Radio? Just email gm at americaswebradio.com and we'll get back to you. Thank you. And we appreciate you listening to America's Web Radio and... We have the city manager of Peachtree Corners with us today, Brian Johnson. And Brian is a veteran himself. And uh, we've been talking about the memorial that you all have at Peachtree Corners. And uh, you've got a, an event coming up for Memorial Day, is it? We do. So what the we have a veteran's memorial you know, there's a, a nonprofit that was set up to fundraise and kind of, you know, lead the effort to construct the Veterans Monument that we have. And they organize um, a number of events in um, at, at the, the monument itself. And we have one coming up on Memorial Day in which it'll be, a, um, you know, it's a pretty cool event in and of itself where you have you know honor guard you'll oftentimes will have a guest speaker you know usually a prominent military veteran that will speak 
Um, you know, uh, of course, Mayor Mason and, and Councilman Ryder always, you know, involved. You'll oftentimes have some visiting dignitaries. We've had consul generals there and others. And so it'll be a program, but, you know, it'll be there to, you know, to speak about what Memorial Day, you know, is, what it means, um, and letting that backdrop of the monument be one for those who, you know, want to take the time that day to serve, to, to you know, do the very reason why it, you know, that holiday exists, and that's to honor those who've paid the ultimate sacrifice. Um, and then usually there's another event also on Veterans Day, which, you know, of course, is exists to honor veterans both alive and dead versus Memorial Day is to memorialize those who, uh, you know, pay the ultimate sacrifice. So, uh, you know, we, we have events there um, quite a bit. Some others have done some events there, which, you know, is one of the whole reasons that we made the thing is to use it as part of or a backdrop to um, events that have some veteran-oriented theme. And, uh, you know, this Memorial Day will be the very next one, so we're excited. And you have your uh, honor guard there. And uh, like I said, I always uh, go a bit crazy over that. And uh, do do you all have a a drum and bugle corps that work with you at all? Sometimes. So, you know, these will be visiting. You know, oftentimes we'll use the local, you know, JROTC unit. Um. And uh, but we did, I believe, at the um, ribbon cutting, we had one there. But yeah, those are hard. You know, there's not a lot of them, so it's sometimes hard to get them. But you know, they're, they're, that is even cooler. I've been a part of that in parades when I was in, and then even when I was in ROTC at Georgia, we would uh, have some. Uh, you know, I've done color guard. Um, an honor guard at uh, for Georgia football games, and you know that's also cool to have you know hundred thousand people in the stadium, you know cheering at the end of the national anthem when you're standing there, you know holding the flag at, at you know at the fifty yard line. It's it's pretty cool. I can only imagine. Um, you know this is. I worry about our country as as many folks are doing today, but. I still think we, uh, my opinion is, we have a backbone that can't be broken. And there is folks like yourself. You know, one other question that, and and we had this happen. We have a general that uh, was doing a show for us, uh, remembering uh, Desert Shield and Desert Storm. And uh, during the pandemic, and I've asked every veteran that has come in, if your country called... Would you answer? In a second, with no hesitation. And I've had no veterans say that they wouldn't. Even if, as old as I am, I I might be pushing my walker, but I can still get in the office and type. And uh, I think this is the greatest, one of the greatest assets that the that our country has. Is and you you may be able to wound us, but you can't break us. It, it, it is nice. You know, we all have, you know, are part of generations. And as we remember when we were young and the older generations would be talking in a somewhat sarcastic way about our generation, or, you know, your generation doesn't do it as well as ours. And then as we get older, you know, you find yourself saying the same thing about younger ones, too. But... While generations change and sometimes not always for the best, um, you are right. It is refreshing to 
to see examples, and I saw examples of this when I was in. My last duty station was actually in command of a basic training company. Hmm. And so it was kind of my, you know, last, you know, nine months before it was time for me to resign my commission. And so I was there commanding, you know, um, new recruits coming into the Army to go through infantry basic training. And while there are certainly, were certainly some kids that could probably be called punks at the time, you know, that were coming in. One, most of the kids were were good, solid people, and even the ones who started out not quite that way, at the end, you'd be surprised that the quality of individual that you're kind of like, all right, we're, we're, we're still okay. We still have a generation. They may not do the same, the things the way our generation did. They may have thing do things as a as a cohort that we scratch our heads and we don't agree with, but down to the core, they still those kids love their country. They were willing to put either other career, you know, um, progression on hold, or they were prepared to commit to that one. They did so voluntarily. They were motivated. They were ready to let Uncle Sam again write whatever. He needed to on that blank check they gave him, and it makes you feel like okay, we're we're, we're still okay. We have a backbone, like you said, that can't be broken. We can go through unique times, but when push comes to shove, we we are still, you know, we're still we're good. You know, like like I said earlier, there've been times that why in the world did we do that, particularly during basic and AIT? But you know, the our military has been practicing this for leadership development. Yep, two hundred and forty years, and uh, I think they got it down pretty good. We all get a haircut like yours when we go in, so we all sort of look alike. And uh, there's a little humble pie with you that goes with it, and then they start building you up. And uh, I know by the time I'd gone through AIT. I was charged, and uh, you know, it it just and you learn camaraderie. You learn that uh, you cover your buddies back, and you cover their six or whatever you want to call it, and uh, that you work together as a team. And uh, I was, oh, what I can't remember the circumstance, but oh, uh, about uh, I was watching a deal about. Kids and I don't want to. I don't want to get involved with it. With uh, that, have learning difficulties or they have um, whatever the initials are. But you know, you always have somebody in your platoon, or maybe you have a couple. And I don't know what you all call them. But we used to give them, throw them a blanket party, and it was amazing how they would straighten up and fly right and start doing stuff for the group as opposed to doing stuff for themselves or trying to stand out by themselves. If you can get somebody to accept that, you know, they are important cog, but merely a cog in a much bigger wheel, but an important one, you can get people to do things that they would not do if they were only working for just themselves. I mean, and, and there are easy examples of that. I'll tell you right now, you know, once I really embrace that unit think, like, all right, I'm a part of a unit and I'm an important part. And if I don't perform well, I drag others down. 
you'd be surprised what you can do. I mean, just in running, I will tell you right now, some of my fastest run times, like if you're running three or five miles or however long or ruck marching or whatever, I would run for long distance much faster if I'm in a group and I did not want to be that guy (laughs) that fell out of the formation or slowed the group down. And then you play the mental games you need to to stay up there because I was part of a group and I didn't want to let the rest of them down. Even in something as simple as running five miles in formation, you didn't want to be the one to be the slowest guy. And if I was running by myself, I would certainly not have pushed myself to the level. But once you get that, you're a part of a team. Don't let the team down. Don't be the guy who, you know, holds them back. You know, all of a sudden, that your level of motivation is ratcheted up way more than if it was just you. And this is, uh, you know, like I said, the the military has had a lot of practice, and um, you know, and this is another point that we that I bring up during our shows is that we honor our first responders as well. And uh, I I was an EMT, and uh, we honor our firemen, our police, and but you know, that's what we are as a country. We're first responders. Everybody in the country is a first responder. There is no country in the world that responds to a national or world disaster like the United States. So our military is first responders, our firemen, our police, and uh, I... (laughs) I go nuts over this defund the police. I, you know, that's... Let's fund psychologists. Yeah, I, I want to call a psychologist to come help me when somebody's breaking in my house. Um, you know, this is garbage. And we, we are so lucky and so blessed to live in the United States and have our first responders, whether it's police or fire or military, whatever it is. But we're world first responders, and nobody can match us, nor have they ever. No argument for me, that's for sure. Well, you all have, I don't know, I, all I can address is Johns Creek, and they have a, a very good police department, and uh, I'm sure Peachtree Corners does as well, and and uh, the and they should be saluted all the time. I, uh, I can't, anybody that wants to defund the police, we suggest that they ride do a buddy ride with a cop at midnight and they be the first ones to climb in that broken window in a black warehouse and find out who's on the other side let them do it a few times but i didn't mean to get off on political stuff no it takes a special kind of person to you know run to the sound of the guns not away from it or run into the towards the fire and not away from it um, you know, and yes, the, you know, at, at, from a domestic standpoint, they are to be as commended as the military for choosing that profession, which certainly is not chosen for them to get wealthy. And it's difficult, um, you know, public safety, medical community, too. I mean, a lot of things they see subjected to deal with are just not for everybody. But we can't, you know, we can't survive without it. And so, um, you know, there are certainly lots of professions that are part of something that's greater than that individual, part of a calling. 
We uh, will be announcing, hopefully within the next couple of weeks, not sure on date exactly yet, but we have a very close friend that is a dentist as well as an MD, and uh, he's developed a product that works with folks that have PTSD, be it military or, I mean, after after this COVID thing, there are going to be lots of folks with PTSD coming out of it, and they can't sleep for one reason or another, but he's uh, he has a product that has been around for years, but he's just made a little adjustment to it and uh, already approved by the FDA, and it's going to be one of the greatest things because of PTSD, when you're suffering from PTSD and you can't sleep, then this causes a lot of other problems that folks know about. So we're going to be making a very big announcement about that shortly. And, um, you know, if you've got, by the way, if, I always forget to mention, if you get a pen and paper, if you've got a question about what we're doing or if you'd like to uh, make a comment on one of our shows, or Brian, how can they get a hold of you at Peachtree Corners? Well, our website, uh, <coughs> excuse me, um, peachtreecornersga.gov is our website. On there is, you know, about everything you can, you know, how to contact us. And, um, you know, if you if you are in the city, um, we actually have a, an app, a phone app, that is basically an all-in-one app for you to do all things that you would need as a you know resident of the city for instance you can get city weather events you can find out where there are open parking um, spots in our at our town center in the parking deck you can send work requests to the city you know there's a dead deer in the road you know can you come pick it up you can even send coordinates of where it's at you can um, you know, do all sorts of things, find out um, where restaurants, you know, uh, make reservations with some, which ones are open. I mean, all on one phone app, um, wow. which you can download from the website, too. But we have a pretty um, – we have a – I would put our IT and, you know, web, you know, specialty – against anybody we have a we have a very technologically advanced city and we do spend a lot of time making sure that our residents have access to unique stuff via the world wide web and so if you want to get a hold of anything with the city the website it's all there and um you know we're we're there to serve and i wouldn't belittle your mayor by any means but i do feel honored to be sitting across from the city manager and uh you have a heck of a job that you you're doing quite well, and we commend and respect you for it. And I'm sure that um, as we have talked, some of this leadership training came from your military experience. And uh, you know, when you when you attack the tough, it becomes easier towards the end. And uh, it certainly does. It is a part of me. There's no doubt about it. Whether I had some traits that I learned prior to it, I'm sure. Um, you know, upbringing has a large, you know, a lot, lot to do with it too. So, you know, I certainly have, you know, family, parents, you know, all that kind of stuff to thank. But it, without a doubt, the military helped hone, you know, my ability to either lead or hopefully my ability to be a very good you know, servant leader or, or, you know, follower of others who are leading me at that time. So, um, you know, 
like we all do. You try to do the best you can every day, and as long as you can look yourself in the mirror and feel like you did your best, um, it's all you can ask. That's it. And uh, Peachtree Connors is a, a beautiful spot just to visit. And uh, like like he mentioned, you all have some of the f- best restaurants going. And uh, we suggest if you're listening from out of town or out of state or even if you're in downtown Atlanta and you haven't been to Peachtree Corners, we highly suggest that you go there, take a day, maybe even, you know, what are the, your hotels like in Peachtree Corners? And I mean, we've got everything from we've got two full-service convention center hotels, a Hilton and a Marriott, um, all the way down to, um, you know, residence in Homewood Suites. I mean, we've got all sorts of different kinds of hotels, depending on what you're looking for. Um, and, you know, again, we've got a town center um, that has everything from, you know, restaurants to entertainment like you know Cinebistro which is a boutique movie theater where you can actually watch a movie in a lazy boy and get your meal delivered to you while you're watching you know a movie on a um, a cinema quality you know screen and sound system so you know like all cities we have unique things that are you know cool to us but we're also surrounded by other things too so you can just come up to the area and spend the day going to all sorts of things in in you know north metro Atlanta. I think it would be great uh, if you haven't had your vacation. Take a take a weekend off. Stay up there where you don't have to drive back and forth, and just uh, take it and walk it and and uh, appreciate that Peachtree Connors was wise enough to hire a gentleman called Brian Johnson, and uh, you've done a heck of a job, Brian. And I couldn't do it myself, that's for sure. But thank you. You know, uh, I hope you'll take the message back to your mayor that uh, we support Peachtree Corners and and any veteran type organization, not organization, but anyone that has taken the effort to salute our veterans, we support them. And uh, we're going to have to. Uh, well, we got a couple more minutes. Is there anything that I've missed? No, I mean, you know, one, I appreciate you know doing shows like this. Is you know, there's. Oftentimes it's hard to find venues for certain, you know, information to get out, whether it's veteran stories or, you know, whether it's information about local, you know, events, local attractions, you know, like the Veterans Monument or whatever. So appreciate what you're doing with that because, you know, again, these are these are hard to find as as, you know, sources of information become much more diffuse i mean there's just all over the map some people get their news from radio but a lot you know people get it from print they get it from facebook they get it from instagram they're all over the place and so it's hard sometimes to find you know um, opportunities like this to talk and have a conversation you know about something more in depth than you know one or two minute soundbite posted on TikTok or mm-hmm. Instagram. So now, let me ask one quick question, uh, and we've got a, about two minutes to go. But uh, the effect of COVID on on Peachtree Corners in general and on the uh, park as well. Well, you know, we're no different than anybody else. You know, we've gone through a, you know, a cycle, you know, the shelter in place, the, you know, trying to figure out what what you can do when Um, the city itself, you know, we kind of feel like, look, we are a public organization that exists to serve the public. So we basically not closed down 
at all because we're there to serve. And so, um, you know, most of my senior staff have been coming into City Hall the whole time. We've just been, you know, obviously a little bit more careful. Um, and there's certainly been some mass component to it, but we've still been serving. And then, you know, mayor and council have on a number of times done things either temporary or permanent to help our local economy, the businesses and those in need within the city doing things, being more, you know, creative and things like helping restaurants increase their outdoor seating so they can or takeout opportunities. Um, you know, we've disseminated CARES Act and now rescue plan money to businesses that are in need, um, you know, helping uh, you know, trying to still have special events, but doing it in a responsible way so the community still has something to take their mind off of COVID. Um, we've really ramped up communication through official sources to our residents so that they can make sure they're getting information about things related to COVID that they may not be able to have access to. So we've been just trying to be a good conduit for you know our residents to both get information or to help them deal with it just like everybody else so we're not unique um, but we certainly are not sitting back and you know shrugging our shoulders and saying oh there's nothing we can do there are certainly things we can do to make it just a little bit easier on everybody to deal with okay well i'm i'm gonna put you on the spot brian so as you said, we try to disseminate and send out information. So, uh, it can be can we be one of your conduits for getting that word out when y'all got something special coming up? Done. And, uh, Consider it done. And we don't we don't want to keep it a secret. Well, we don't either. And we, you know, thank you for that offer. I will take you up on it. You got it. And we'll be glad to do it during this show or any of our shows. And uh, just like uh, I said, we work with uh, Rick White and the. Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame and anything that has something to do with veterans that uh, that's honoring our veterans we're happy to support and will support every day of the week with that being said we're going to have to um, as they say put the plug in the jug and move on get out of here and um, we look forward to um, will you come back and be on again uh, if you'll have me, I would be glad to. You got it. You're going to be on. We'll we'll see you next week, folks. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.